What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What is up, podcast listeners? On this episode of the podcast, I'm hanging out with Steve Kramer. I got a, I got a lot of love for Steve because him and I both came from Hope College, the same college in West Michigan. He was a hooper, had an amazing career at Hope, went on to play pro ball in Europe, realized the pros and cons of being a professional athlete, loved the game of basketball so much that he made it his career. Kramer Basketball, faith, passion, service, sacrifice. He's helping kids not only learn the game of basketball, maximize it and you know live up to their fullest potential, but he's helping them learn those lessons in life as well too. So I'm just inspired by everything that he's doing and everything that has you know going on with Kramer Basketball as well too. Not only does he just have a fantastic story of what it's like to actually turn out to be a pro athlete and what the positives and negatives are from that as well too. So a lot of love for Steve. Thank you so much for being a guest on this episode. Loved having you. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I know our friend Scott Travis, our, our Hope College connection, kind of put us in touch with each other. And so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was going back to the archives a little bit. And you may have coached me at one of the original Glenn Van Weer and uh, Hope College basketball camps way back in the day. We're going, we're going way, way back, but lots of good memories <laughs> from uh, running basketball camp, so much so that it became my job. <laughs> well, I'd love, to, obviously, for you to dive into that a little bit, but if you don't mind just starting kind of from the beginning, we'd love to hear your story. Yeah, I mean, where, where to begin? There's, I feel like, you know, some people kind of feel like they've, they've lived maybe a kind of a boring life, and um, 
when people ask me that question, I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm excited every day. I'm excited. I feel like there's so much to, to do and to talk about. Um, but I'm from, um, kind of the rural East Michigan, uh, area. And, um, like, a like a lot of young kids, um, love basketball, love sports playing and, um, turned out to be pretty good at it. And enough so that I got recruited by some some colleges to play basketball. And uh, one of those schools was Hope College. And um, Hope College was a small school and I'd never heard of it. And so, although I knew that they really wanted uh, me to play there, my mom is the one that made me go on a visit because I didn't want to go. I said, I want to go uh, division one. I, I want to take uh, the scholarship money uh, to bigger schools. I've never heard of Hope College. And she's like, well, everybody's really nice and they've really, um, you know, come to a lot of your games. You need to at least go on campus for a visit. And uh, so you got to love you got to love the mom influence. It's yes. really hard. to It's really hard to say no to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was for sure. I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm going. I'll, I'll give it a chance. And so uh, I went and um, it was it was different because. It was a very family kind of feel. And um, so after going on that visit, I was like, I don't care about the scholarships or anything like that. Um, I mean, I do. But the fact that I could go somewhere and it could kind of feel like family with uh, with my teammates, um, I knew right away that going there, I was going to have friends that I was going to have well after I stopped playing basketball. And uh, that's true. And um so that took me to Hope College. Um, I knew that I wanted to work with kids at a very young age. And so I got my degree in elementary education. But as I went through my basketball career in West Michigan, I found out that some people were playing basketball as a job, even if it wasn't the NBA. And like most, most young athletes, if they want to do something, they want to play at the top level, as did I. So I wanted to play in the NBA. I didn't, I didn't reach that goal. But um, going to Hope and getting a, a, around some people that were able to uh, play overseas from the Grand Rapids area. And I remember Coach Van Weeren telling me one time, he's like, Steve, you, you could do that someday. You know, you, you can be good enough to, to play basketball as a living. And um, so that kind of became a goal of mine, maybe my junior year of college. And I was fortunate enough to, I played basketball in nearly 10 countries uh, around the world. Um, that's a full bunch of podcasts just going in that. In yeah. That we got to dive area. into the experience, right experiences there. of those at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been all over the world playing basketball. Um, and then my wife and I, we wanted to start a family. She was overseas with me for three out of my four years over there. Uh, she wanted to start her career. She's currently a professor down in coastal Carolina university. We live in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. And, um, and so moving back to the States, I was in education for two years, started coaching, um, working with kids, thinking this is what I was going to do. I was the assistant varsity basketball coach. I was going to take over for our varsity coach uh, when he retired. And as I started doing that, I started to do a lot of basketball, extra basketball work on the side, giving lessons, running some local basketball camps. And it slowly, uh, organically grew into something where I was like, you know, if I do this and dedicate all my time to it, I could do it for a living. And um, so in 2014 to now, I've been running Kramer basketball full time, two kids later, multiple states later, 
um, thousands and thousands of athletes, athletes later. Um, I have my own business coaching the game that I love. Yeah, it's such a cool story. I want to, obviously we want to dive into Kramer basketball a little bit towards in a little bit, but one of my first question on the playing basketball overseas, if we, if you don't mind going back to that for a hot second, for sure. is, is, uh, I think I'm going to ask this now. I'll, I'll let you interpret it a little bit, but is basketball different played differently in different areas? And I'm not just talking about rules, but just like the style of play, like so 100%, example, 100%. Okay, I, that's what I was thinking. Cause I, I played lacrosse and like Canadian lacrosse and box lacrosse is so much different than United States lacrosse and Mm -hmm. the player style is different. So like, is there one that you think, like, what was the one that took the most, like, man, this is totally different than what I expected. One country or one area or anything like that. Yeah. So a few different things. Um, One, when you go from college basketball to pro basketball, the shot clock goes from 35 to 24. And so um, anytime you have a shorter shot clock, you don't have the time to run a play okay that didn't work you got to run another play 24 seconds is only so long so you you run your play and if anything breaks down it's creation time and so you have to be able to create a shot for yourself or somebody else in a much shorter window and so that automatically changes the style of play of the game right so when you watch a college game compared to an nba game people talk about the pros and cons. Well, one of the main differences is if college basketball went to 24 seconds, you'd see a lot of the same things that you see in the NBA because you just got to create. There's not enough time on the clock. So that was a, that was a big um, difference. And then traveling is different. It's, it's called different over there. So uh, for our basketball listeners out there, when you catch the basketball in the States, you can kind of get a step with, say, a jab step, for example, and then you can start to kind of pick up the back pivot foot at the ball, as the ball's coming down. And that's just a normal move. That's a travel overseas. You have to basically get that ball and it has to hit the floor before your pivot foot comes up. So players aren't just blowing by each other off of triple threat. Now, the other difference is you can do more after you've picked up your dribble. So that's where, you know, the Euro step and all this, this footwork that has kind of infiltrated the, the American game now. Um, whatever you see in college and the NBA game as far as what they're doing over here, it's even more extreme when you go to Europe and other places of the world as far as uh, the time, the steps that players are using on a drive to, to finish, for example. And then the other thing would be um, the rules, the physicality, is also different, often depending on, as you mentioned, what country you're in, you know. So I, ha- I trained a player who was playing in uh, Iceland, and he was talking about how physical the game was as far as players being able to bump each other with their body. But if you touched anybody at all with their hands, it was going to be a foul. And then I played most of my career in Germany, and I felt like you could touch players a lot more with your hands than I could back when I was playing college basketball but it was, I could touch them less and bump them with my body over there. And so, as you mentioned, every country has a little bit uh, kind of a different twist on what's a foul, what's a travel, what some of the rules are. So you really have to make sure you, you catch up quick to however the game's being called, depending on the country that you're playing in. Yeah. Is there, is there like, if you could begin your basketball career in one 
world location where would you like starting from scratch you got a kid who just gets to pick it up and learn the rules of the local area local country whatever that is where would you say is the best place to go do that um well you know eastern europe is really known for producing highly highly skilled basketball players and um so so their ability to uh, break the game down as far as skill development uh, and translate that into being able to perform well in a game has had a lot of success. Um, and now we're seeing those players come into the NBA, you know, every year, basically there's more international players playing in the NBA than there was before breaking the record almost every single year. Um, and, you know, I'll use the example. It's probably the best coach I ever had was a guy named Nenad Jasapovic, who was a Croatian guy. Um, he was a national team player over there. I, I was lucky enough to play for him for two years. And I improved more in my two years playing for him than anywhere else, any other two-year span. And a lot of that was because of uh, how he broke down the game, how he trained us as a team and as individuals, the attention to detail that he paid, um, paid attention to, all these little tiny things. And that's a big part of what I'm now trying to teach the players that I work with in the U.S. is not necessarily the same drills or fundamentals, but it's the same concept that I was taught from him as far as the, the reps and how much attention and, and much of a difference, even tiny little tweaks you can make with your footwork can make in a game, you know, especially when you're playing against people that are bigger, stronger, more athletic than you. I mean, that's, that's my story. Um, when I was playing basketball in Europe, because for the most part, I probably shouldn't have been there. Um, playing when basketball is your job, you're playing against guys from the Big Ten, the ACC, the NBA G League, sometimes even the NBA. And then there's a, you know, a, a kid who graduated with 100 people in his high school class um, playing with those guys. You know, I, I probably shouldn't have been there. Um, but the ability to try to master the little things, those add up to a lot of big things. And for me, they allowed me to play really at a higher level than I probably should have. Yeah, that's that's such a cool story. When did this shift of like, I am a player playing at a high level to I'm morphing into a coach. Did that happen while you were playing? Did that happen, hey, my career, my 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 basketball, my personal basketball career is done, but I'm ready to become a coach. When did that sort of, you begin to look at the game from a coach's perspective was at what point of year at, at the stage of your career did that happen? Yeah, great question. So a couple different times um, growing up, I always known I wanted to coach because I wanted to work with kids. That's something that I knew from the start. I didn't know how it was going to look. I thought it was going to be as a teacher, not as a, you know, a full-time traveling basketball coach. Um, so I knew that aspect. And then as I got interested in basketball, I assumed as I got older, I was going to start coaching. Um, but as far as it happening as a player, um, it was really when I was playing basketball in Europe, I started coaching high school basketball while I was playing basketball professionally. So I, I coached two years of high school basketball uh, when I was playing basketball in Europe. And so, you know, I was doing everything that all the pro basketball players are doing over there. You know, you're practicing two, sometimes three times a day. Um, and then I was talking to the manager of 
one of the clubs and I was telling him that like in the summer I go home and I, you know, run this basketball camp back at the high school that I went to and that he was like, Oh, and, and he knew of a, a youth basketball team that was looking for a coach. And so just through that conversation, he plugged me in while I was still playing over there into coaching a high school team. And so I started the training and the coaching already while I was over there, I started doing uh, some personal training uh, with, with some players over there and that's where it started. And then interestingly enough, as I was playing basketball, before I started going over there, I envisioned myself basically playing until the wheels fell off, you know, until I didn't have any knees left until, you know, enough bones had broken that I couldn't play anymore just because that's how much I love, I love playing. But around my third or fourth year of playing overseas, I started to feel a, a little bit empty because when you're pro athlete, let's be honest, it's about you. Like you, you are a, a business in a sense, whether you're making thousands of dollars or, or millions of dollars, you are this, this business. And I felt like so much of my daily life was just about me. And I didn't like that feeling. And so I was already starting to transition into um, the mindset of, I want to teach, I want to give, I want to serve. Uh, other people, primarily, primarily youth, that was already starting to get into my head as I was finishing my last couple of years of playing overseas. Yeah, it makes tons of sense. It, uh, sort of on the note where you mentioned yourself as a player and the empty, or your excuse me, yourself as a business and sort of the emptiness approach to that. When you coach, do you get uh, more satisfaction out of like? individually helping one player improve or more the collective team and not to say one is better and different, but like, is there one style you really prefer of improvement of like one individual player getting better or collectively as a team or how have you gone about coaching in that sense? Yeah, they've both been very rewarding. Um, I think that there are teams that I consult with and I work with on a yearly basis. You know, they, they bring me in for a day or a week throughout the course of, of the year. And so you develop close relationships with the coaches and the players, seeing them develop and grow over time and over the years. And so that's really, really rewarding to be able to see their game grow, their relationships grow, and also see the impact that you're able to have over that consistent period of time. Um, now we don't do that with every single school, um, but there are also players individually that we've been working with since they were, you know, nine years old. Now they're seniors in, in high school or seventh grade, and now they're going on to play college basketball. And the relationships that you're able to build with them are different, um, but no less, no less rewarding than the group and team aspect. Yeah, for sure. This is going back to you as a player real quick. It just, it just sort of dawned on me. Um, was there one particular moment as a player, whether it was in high school, college, that you felt, man, I'm ready to go to that professional level? Like, was there one game, one moment that happened, one so, something that sort of clicked and said, I'm, I'm ready to take this on? Or was it just throughout your career, I'm ready to go as far as I possibly can because I love the game? Uh, yeah, so after my senior year at Hope College, um, I was voted the league MVP. I was a, an All-American 
and I was hoping to get an opportunity to play basketball in Europe. And at that time, there was a semi-pro basketball team in Holland called the Holland Blast. And I thought that they were going to ask me to be on the team um, because I was in Holland. Obviously, you know how big the Hope basketball following is. Um, But they didn't ask me to be on the team. They had all Division I, Division II players for the most part on their team. And uh, one day, uh, I think some guys on the team got hurt. And so I get a random phone call saying, hey, we're wondering if you would be willing to come in and practice with this semi-pro team. Now, some of these guys played full-time professional basketball during the actual basketball season. They would come home during the offseason and make a little bit of money playing on the semi-pro team. So it was a chance for me to play against a lot of uh, higher-level college players and some current professional basketball players that were playing on this team in the offseason. And I went and practiced, and I played great. <laughs> I, I, was, I was hitting threes. I was dunking. Um, I was one of the best players out on the court. And that was the light bulb moment where I was like, wow, this was only my first practice with all these guys that have been, you know, having this season already going on for a month. And I played like this, you know, that was a a big, big confidence boost for me. Yeah. Going out lights out or probably your first dunk against some pro guys. That's gotta be a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then along with that, that (laughs) I I don't know if I can relate to that, but it sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good time. It was a good, a good feeling to know that, um, you know, you believed you could do something you know, you put in the time to do something at a high level, um, but then to see it actually pay off and and show was really cool. Um, And around that same time, I got asked to, there was a private um, open gym basketball group that got together in Grand Rapids. And um, so it was invitation only. It was invitation only. Guys like Chris Kamen, who was playing in the NBA, um, guys like Drew Neitzel, who was playing for Michigan State, it was a very small group of 10 to 15 guys that would get invited to play in this group. And uh, nearly all of them were playing basketball overseas or professional on some level. And uh, so I got asked to, to join this group. And around that same time, being able to go and play against guys who are playing basketball for a living, knowing that that's what I was trying to aspire to and being able to hold my own against those guys, then it just became a matter of, somebody giving me an opportunity, a chance to play basketball overseas. And then it was up to me to make the most of it. Yeah. That's such a cool story. So when you, when you coach now and you coach kids and you have influence with kids and between your camps or coaching teams, is there any bit of you, and this is a, you know, a little personal of a question, but is there any bit of you that sort of coaches with intensity because of more that you could have done or have you sort of moved on past any of your own sort of career aspirations as far as as a personal player and shifted more just totally coaching and making others better? Yeah, I don't I don't have a sense of regrets, if, if that's what, what you mean. Yeah, um, I think I think that's probably the best way to ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's no regret. Like I what the reason that our camps are known for real, real high intensity is because I know if any player uh, has a, a goal of anything that was similar to mine. And that's just what it takes, bottom line. And and so there's no um, microwave success. There's no way around the fact that you need to put in a high level of work 
for a long period of time, that's not going to guarantee you success. But if you don't do it, it will guarantee you failure. And so being able to, to preach that based on my own experiences are what I try to, to get our kids to understand at a young age. And if they can understand that at a young age through basketball and then start to apply it in every other area of their life, now I know the mission is, that I'm about is starting to be accomplished because they're taking the characteristics using basketball as a platform. Now they're taking that into everything else that they do in their life. They're making their own life better. Hopefully they're able to positively impact the other people that they come into contact with throughout the day. And now it's just this, this spread, right? It's just, you throw that pebble into the water and that you see that ripple effect, right? And you're able to positively impact people that you've never met because there was one kid that you were able to inspire at a basketball camp who's doing big things. Yeah, that's gotta be, that's gotta help you sleep, sleep pretty well at night. I would imagine. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than at the end of the day when it's nine o'clock, you know, and I got kind of a schedule that I like to have this time of year where, you know, I'm, I'm on the couch, I'm relaxing with, with my wife and I'm tired and I'm tired because I know I got up early. I worked really hard at whatever it was that I had to do. My tank is empty and I'm looking forward to going to bed that night to recharge and then boom, I'm going to do it all over again tomorrow. And you, if you can compound some of those days in a row, Ooh, I mean, it is just, it's, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. And that's the feeling that I try to get every single day it is knowing that a job well done. Let's get after it again tomorrow. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That, that leaves me pretty fired up. All right. One more question before I dive into the big one. What uh, do you, what's one basketball lesson you want to leave each kid specifically around the game? And then what's one sort of Steve Kramer life lesson you want to leave each kid that you get, whether it's 10 minutes with them, 30 minutes with them, a whole week's camp or whatever that is, what's one basketball pearl wisdom and one Steve Kramer pearl wisdom. Um, so, so just overall um, message. And this is yeah. every year. It's kind of funny every year around January, my mind starts to, in, in December, the year before, my mind starts to transition into what's this next year going to be about? What What's this thing that we're going to focus on? And I'm going to try to use as I speak to, you know, thousands of kids coming into this next year. And for me, it's it's been, you know, these two sentences. It doesn't get easier. You just get better. And trying to get uh, our our young people to to understand that throughout life, not just sports, but throughout life, there's going to be a ton of challenges thrown your way. And the older you get, there's going to be more responsibilities that are going to be heaped upon your shoulders. And so when I can understand that it's not going to get easier, it's not really supposed to get easier, right? But through those challenges, I am going to get better. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get smarter. I'm going to get wiser. I'm going to get stronger, right? I'm going to have uh, more, more spirit. I'm going to have more um, background knowledge that I can go back to based on other difficult experiences that I have. And that's going to better prepare me for the next challenge that's going to come forward in my, in my life. And so basketball is, is one an easy, easy tool that I use uh, because it's so translatable to everything else that we have in our life of the better I get at basketball does not mean it's going to get easier. The level's going to go up. I'm going to be playing. The better I get, I'm playing against high school players. Now I'm playing against college. I'm playing college. 
Now I'm playing against pro. You're the best player on your team, okay? But what about being the best player in your area? There's always something to make it more challenging. And so to be able to understand that and translate it to life is, is huge. Um, and then on the basketball standpoint of that, my, my whole thing on top of being able to, to, to work really hard, being able to put a consistent amount of time in is I'm a big nerd when it comes to basketball details, like a really, really big nerd. And so I could talk to somebody and, and break down a bunch of different things watching the game and they didn't see any of them. And I'm talking about, you know, how low somebody's hips were or what was their shin angle on a drive or well, look where their shoulder went when a defensive player was in their stance and they dropped their, their shoulder. And so we're, we're really big on small, small details. I can't give you one uh, other than the fact that we're really big, um, myself being a guard, a perimeter player, of players being able to you know, change the height that they play at, change the speed that they play at, change the direction that they, that they play with with their body in the basketball without wasted movement. And so when you watch high-level basketball, you'll see that there are um, very talented players who can get away with not necessarily doing things the right way, but they're so physically, genetically blessed they can do it anyway. And so my message for most players that I work with is, listen, you're not as talented as some of these other people, okay? So you have to be more finely tuned. You have to pay more attention to certain details regarding your footwork, regarding how you work out, how you treat your body so that you can play in a sense above your athletic set. And, and that's a big part of what we're pushing with our basketball programs around the country. Yeah, that's, that's so good. You mentioned uh, being able to play at different heights as a perimeter player. So as a five foot five guy, I don't probably have that much room to work. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you're already low. You're already low. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I got, I got that one down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'd say, you know, the, the best, I love if you're short and slow, but uh, you know, if there's, if there's one physical attribute, you know, everybody talks about being tall, being tall, being tall is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but especially the way that basketball is played today, speed, 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 speed. You know, if you're, a five foot tall girl and you're like, man, I'm only, you know, five feet. And I just, it's like, but you're the quickest kid I've ever seen. Like, and I would take that instead of being an average, average height with average speed every single yeah. day of the week. Love that. Well, that gives me hope for my pickup basketball career. There you so go. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> Work on that speed burst. <laughs> That's it. All right. Very last question that I absolutely love to ask is, and, and you've touched on sort of bits and pieces of this throughout the show, but what is, what is it ultimately that gets you out of, gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love when I was looking at your podcast, you know, podcast about purpose, passion, uh, calling. And, you know, I think we, we talked about in our phone call uh, a couple months back was, you know, I feel like some people have a job, some people have a career and some people have, have a calling and when you when you have a calling of really truly feeling like you know god's calling me to make a positive impact in the lives of young people through basketball that gets me fired up that gets me fired up on the days where i'm sitting in my office and i'm doing emails all day long and the only person i've spoken to that day was was my wife and the rest have been text messages and phone calls that still keeps me keeps me fired up. 
because I know that that's the type of impact that I can make if I'm invested in other people. And, um, and so I love that that's kind of your, your slogan for your podcast. And it goes right along with what my four pillars are for Kramer basketball, which is try how I try to live my life and how I try to, um, pursue and, and push that into the, the youth that I invest my, my time in. and it's faith, passion, service, and sacrifice. And if I keep those four words in my mind, I'm ready to go. Even on the times where my, my body's hurting, I'm tired, I don't feel like it today, that keeps me going. I know that, number one, faith. If I, if I know that if all else fails, it doesn't really matter. I have a, a faith in God. I know where my foundation is, right? And so that gives me the energy to just go all out and, hey, if, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, that's okay because I know God loves me regardless. Um, number two, passion, right? We talked about the calling, the, the passion, knowing where, what you're, you're supposed to do, right? Knowing that, you know, I got a passion for the game of basketball. God gave me a passion to work with youth. I'm combining those things every single day. That keeps me, keeps me going. And so trying to encourage other people to find things that, that they're passionate about, that they know that they can make a positive impact, not just in what they're doing on a daily basis, but with other, it's not about how much money you make. It's not about how many followers that, that you have. Those are, those are empty things, but being able to have a passion that, that helps the world, that's what you want to do. And that goes into my pillar number three, which is service. Okay. And that it was, I was saying when I was playing basketball overseas in Europe, I wasn't serving other people. I was just serving myself. Yeah. I was part of a team and that was great. It's, it's fantastic when you're part uh, of a team. But being able to take that to the next level and say, no, I want to help you. I want to, what can I do for you? What can I do to make your life better? I know I'm not, there's plenty of things in this world that I'm not that gifted and that good at, but I do have uh, a knowledge and strengths in certain areas. Can I pass that along to somebody else? That's the service aspect. And then for myself to understand and for other people to understand that with anything that you want to do, sports or anything else, you got to have some type of sacrifice. There has to be a sacrifice of your time, the amount of, of work and effort required in order for you to do something at a high level. If you're not giving anything up, you're not going to be able to get anything back. And I like to use the example of when I was uh, playing basketball overseas and I would come back in the off season at summer, I had a thing. And my, my thing, my extra workout was on Friday night, I go back to the gym. And that was an additional level of sacrifice that I knew I had to commit because I wasn't as talented as all the other people that were on my team and that I was going to play against when I went back to Europe. And so I needed a higher level of sacrifice. So I'm not going out to the movie. I'm not going and hanging out with, with my buddies. I'm not even hanging out with my family. I'm going to the gym by my own because no one else wants to come in on a Friday night. I'm going to sacrifice that time because I know it's going to pay off later. And so understanding faith, passion, service, and sacrifice is those pillars that now I can translate and use basketball as that platform, but push that into everything else in life. Man, that gets me. I'm excited just talking about it. 
you got me excited just listening to it. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so, Steve, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? I want to give you a chance. Obviously, we'll we'll give uh, your social handles and your website link uh, so they can check out Kramer Basketball. Uh, but is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? No, I, I, if there's anything um, that people want to talk about, they can they can reach out to me. Um, I'm I feel like an internally motivated guy, and I know there's some people out there uh, that may need some of my motivation. And 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 so if if there's anything that I can do to help you as a listener, whether you're a basketball person or or not, you know, reach out to me. Let me know. Um, I consult with a lot of people throughout uh, the course of the year. And I'm happy to, you know, to have that relationship and that amount of help and experience that I can try to pass along to somebody else. Because I feel like for me, that's what it's all about. You know, uh, if you have a, a skill set in a certain area, what good is it doing if you keep it to yourself? You, know, you got to share it. And um, sometimes that thing that you're sharing isn't even a certain subject. It's just the fact that that you're, you're passionate about life. That's it. That's what I needed to go about my day today. So thank you. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. This is amazing. Left me super motivated. So not only do I get it once, I get to listen to it multiple times again, over and over again. So just so stoked to have you. Thank you again for this and glad we got a chance to do this. Thanks for having me. Best of luck with, with your podcast as it continues to grow. I've listened to some of your past po podcasts. I'll continue, continue to, to do that. So keep doing what you're doing.